This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back in. It is the Jake Asman Show right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. And one week from today, the New York Jets will have not one, but two new members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Joe Klecko and Darrell Rivas. And joining us right now to talk all things New York Jets is the greatest Jet of all time, a Pro Football Hall of Famer and the MVP of Super Bowl Three. Joe Willie Namath joins the show. Joe, I can't thank you enough for your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Well, thank you, Jake. It's good to be with you, and I'm looking forward to the season as well. But Joe and Darrell, man, looking forward to seeing that happen. Now, I want to start with Joe Klecko in particular, Joe, because you had the opportunity to actually be the person to break the news to him that he was going to be headed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Take us back to that time. You show up to his house in New Jersey, and what happened from there? Oh, it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, well, you know, just went up to the door, and Joe knew nothing about it. He had no expectations of what was going on. Knocked on the door, and uh, Joe opened it, and he looked, and his eyes got big. He said, oh, and I think he figured it out right then to knock on the door and being told from the history of how they've done it a lot, with a lot of guys. Jake Asman here talking with the great Joe Namath on 98.7 ESPN. So, Joe, you tell Joe Klecko the news that he's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it was long overdue. He had been waiting 30 years for that moment. I mean, how special is it for you to be the person that gets to tell him that in that situation? Oh, it was an honor for me. I was a fan of his, you know, and I still am a fan of the Jets. But, man, in that sack exchange was something special, and uh, Joe was a special player for so many years. And in the team band, you know, I mean, he was he was the complete player, the complete package. And I was actually stunned uh, to find out it had been that long that he's had to wait to go into the Hall of Fame. But, hey, man, he's there. We're talking, of course, with the great Joe David here on ESPN 98.7 in New York City. So, Joe, let me ask you now about Darrell Rivas. Uh, Rivas Island was the saying about Darrell during his time as a now Pro Football Hall of Fame player. When you think back to some of Darrell's seasons with the Jets, what stands out? Well, man, I, I, I both had the honor of watching Darrell perform with the Jets and getting to know him. Uh, he lives in Beaver Valley, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, man. You pull for your homeboys, home guys, man. And I'd known him and, and watched him perform so much during his years and was certainly uh, thrilled for him. Of course, he's so deserving. He, the cat uh, plays the corner better than 99% of the dudes that ever played, you see. So uh, it's exciting for my family having a chance to, to watch Darrell over the years and, and seeing him going into the Hall of Fame. Speaking of exciting, uh, the New York Jets, your team, Joe, I mean, this is the most excitement we as Jet fans have felt probably since the 2010 season going into year two with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez after the championship game appearance in 2009. Has it been surreal for you to see how this offseason has unfolded where now Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Jets? Well, first of all, sometimes you have to have a short memory and sometimes it comes with nature, but I didn't realize that it was that long since the Jets had been in position here. I'm thrilled that Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets, of course. Whenever that was announced, you know, we do have a contender. After watching Robert Sala and his staff in two years put that team together and the way the defense has performed, man, you know, they can do it. They can get in the playoffs. And if you get in the playoffs, first of all, anything can happen on any given day. These cats are all good. 
the terrific athletes, if they can keep them beating themselves, you know, the coaches tell us it's between the ears. Don't make the mistake. Keep from beating yourselves. Not playing scared, but going out there with reckless abandon and playing without making errors, mental errors, but beating yourselves. And uh, I know the Jets have a chance uh, to win their division this year, even though it's a tough division. They all are. New England and Miami and Buffalo uh, are serious business, but with Aaron there, I put them at the top of that bunch. Well, Buffalo is there right now, so we got to move them out of the way. No doubt about that. The great Broadway Joe David with us here on 98.7 ESPN. Jake Asby with you until 7 o'clock tonight. So, Joe, let me ask you specifically about the gesture that Aaron Rodgers made. Well, first off, you offered up the number 12 to Aaron Rodgers. You said, hey, if he wants to wear it, all good. And he said he would never consider wearing Broadway Joe's number. Your thoughts on that? Did it mean something to you that he chose to not wear the number 12 and he's going back to his college number, the number eight instead? You know, uh, of course it meant something. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful sign, but the way Aaron is, is a man of respect, too. And, you know, he just really respects the history of the game, and uh, he was kind enough to go to the, his college number. And uh, I'm tickled, honest to God. I, I thought that was wonderful. But at the same time, yeah, he could have kept the number because I wanted him, we wanted him there that badly and, uh, uh, with him. And, and now I understand it's going beyond this year uh, with uh, the help of Lady Luck and not injuries for people that we're going to have Aaron a couple of seasons. Uh, but this is the one that matters right now. But it's good to know that he's going to be with us uh, longer. You kind of referenced it there, Joe. Aaron Rodgers agreed to a pay cut earlier in the week. As a Jet fan, it's surreal hearing Aaron Rodgers is the Jet quarterback, and then you realize he's taking a $35 million pay cut to stay on this team for a couple of years. When you hear that, when uh, the leader of the team does something as selfless as that, the largest pay cut in team sports history, it's been reported, what do you think that says to the rest of the locker room, to the coaching staff, the front office, about Aaron's commitment to the Jets? Well, if they've met Aaron and they've uh, worked with him already, they know what kind of guy he is to a degree. They know he wants to be a part of things. He is a part of things. And he's going to be a great teacher, too. And it's just a great sign, a great exhibition of his character. I mean, just the way he is. He wants to win, man, and he wants that team he's on to win. And he already likes the area, the coaches, or the people around there, the teammates especially. And he wants to want them to know that, hey, we're in this a couple of times, man. At least now, we want to win now. If we don't, we're going to go on. We're going to win it next year, you know. But to have him for two seasons and for him to show his appreciation uh, of being with the Jets and his teammates and coaches, man, is just wonderful. Broadway Joe, Joe David is our guest here at 98.7 ESPN. New York Jake Asman with you until 7 o'clock. You know, you look at the Aaron Rodgers storyline, Joe, and the hype and the expectations now surrounding the Jets and playing in New York. There's not many people that know what that's like that could speak to that type of pressure and that type of spotlight. You certainly can. So what piece of advice would you like to share with Aaron Rodgers about handling with all the responsibilities of being quarterback for the Jets? Oh, I don't need to give him any advice, man. He's been around longer than, than I played for sure. And uh, 
He's handled himself beautifully for over, what, 18 seasons? This is 19th season? He knows what he's doing, and he wouldn't have committed to that second year if he didn't already like being there the short time that he's been there, you see, and, and analyzing the staff and his teammates and all. So uh, I'm just thrilled. I'm, I'm a fan man, and I'm glad to know that we got him for two seasons. This is the one that counts right now, and we have a legitimate chance with that defense and I started to talk about Robert Sala and his staff earlier, but the way they put together this team and that defense, we've got a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, of course. What gives you confidence in Robert Sala and this coaching staff that they have the right people in place to coach up this roster? Sid is believing. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the transformation. I've seen the transformation in the attitude with the players. They believe. I mean, he has convinced them that staff has worked these guys together, and that team has convinced Sala and his staff, yeah, they're for real, man. And I think all of we Judd fans believe they're for real and that this year we could make the playoffs. So with getting Aaron, uh, yeah, uh-huh, come on, anybody. The Jets are ready. Joe David is our guest here on 98.7 ESPN Broadway. Joe kited up with his time as we talk about, of course, the Jets, the storyline of the league entering the 2023 season. Joe, the Jets are also on Hard Knocks. The last time they did that show, back in 2010, you made an appearance on the HBO hit show up at Jets training camp in Cortland, New York. Are we going to get a Joe Namath cameo on Hard Knocks here in 2023? Well, you know what? I, I didn't even remember that. You just brought it up. Well, I haven't heard from them. And uh, what am I going to say? And I'm pulling for them, all that. I'm going to enjoy watching it. I know that. <laughs> you know, I do love that. I'll be enjoying watching it. And uh, I am uh, knowing that whatever they talked about it early on, the players, uh, yeah, well, you know, you know, this is like regular work, you know, to a degree it is, but you got some guys on the team, all of them, though they're on stage, they know they're out there, you know, and they're going to be pepped up a little bit more, maybe, especially into the fifth week of training camp or fourth week, you know, the longer it goes, Sometimes uh, the repetitiveness of it can uh, weigh the urgency that you have when you first go in, the excitement. But uh, with the hard knocks around, I think that's going to keep everybody right up there on their toes, ready to go every day. Now, Aaron Rodgers came out and he said, hey, that Super Bowl three trophy in the Jets facility is looking a little lonely. Uh, I'm curious in your life, Joe, obviously you're so synonymous with the history of the Jets and the guarantee in winning that Super Bowl. Is there ever a day in your life that goes by where someone doesn't bring up something related to winning Super Bowl three? Well, uh, maybe I'm down here in Dolphin country <laughs> right now. Maybe not relating to Super Bowl three, but relating to the Jets and football and certainly the championship. Uh, there may be days that do come up, you see. But uh, in the supermarkets, wherever I go, uh, I uh, am uh, greeted with a smile for the most part and because of our Jets uh, having accomplished that goal of winning the championship. How did it change your life? How different was your life from that day on to where we are now in 2023 after you were running off the field with your arms raised into the tunnel after winning in January of 1969? Yeah, and it was a relief. We did it. That was the thing. That That is exactly when I went that way, my mind honest and God was we did it. We, we won the championship because that was always the goal. Whether you're a Little League baseball player, junior high basketball player, high school football player, win the championship. Win the championship. 
And we did it in high school, we did it in college, and we did it in pro ball, man. And uh, one had to be enough, but one was, that was great. You know, we did it. Joe David with us here for a couple more minutes on 98.7 ESPN. Jake Asman with you until 7 o'clock. So, Joe, it's come up a lot in the last couple of months just because Aaron Rodgers is now quarterbacking the 2023 Jets. But do you realize your record for passing yards in a single season is still the Jets' current record, and you did it in a 14-game season being the first quarterback to ever throw for 4,000 or more yards? You know, uh, I didn't realize that it doesn't make a difference at all. Winning the championship is where it's at. The game has transformed. It, it, it's changed so beautifully over the years. The ball players they train year-round, man. They, they have the best nutrition. They, their hearts are in it, but they're training year-round. They're bigger, better, faster. Uh, the coaches have improved over the, the group. We had good coaches, but these coaches have learned from the past, too. You know, hopefully when we're growing, we're learning from history, too, as well as the current events. But you, you grow. And, and the team, uh, the teams today watching the football, it's wonderful. It's evolved. I never took a snap from shotgun. You know, it was always under the center and turning around and going back or setting up quickly. The motion that they use is beautiful. They're keeping the defense having to think so much. You, whatever you get think and change so quickly. They're, they're real students of the game. The teams that are prepared the most have the better chance to win. Mistakes, errors. You got to keep from beating yourselves, and that's not playing scared, man. It's a, like it, it starts in the in the in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, in the practice sessions, doing things perfectly if you can and uh that's going against some uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage trying to fool you every play too so so the game is wonderful i love the sport that of course america loves the sport john i'd argue if you played today and i know my dad would say this as well because he grew up idolizing you if you played today with the way they protect these quarterbacks uh, the rules today that favor you know the receivers being able to make plays downfield I'd argue Joe Namath could throw for over 5,000 yards every season if he wanted to. I mean, do you ever think what it would be like if you played in, in today's game? Uh, I, I'd like to. Yeah, I was a good passer. The thing is, uh, today's game is just, it's wonderful. You know, I, yeah, I, I wish I could play. Yeah, oh, sure. I wish I could dump the basketball <laughs> again, too. two-handed like I was able to at one time, man. But I admire the game. You see, the players, and uh, it's evolved to where they're protecting themselves as a group. You know, the headshots. We've learned what happens when a defensive lineman comes across the head of an offensive lineman who's just coming out of his stance. We had linemen that were getting hit in the head every play from the defensive lineman's forearm that was wrapped with hard rubber underneath, it was like a club. The legs, I thought that was a wonderful rule change because it's for every player's benefit. We're so vulnerable with the joints in our body and the knee joints, they're, they're designed, the good Lord made him to go this way, not that way. <laughs> and so with the rule changes, uh, every player knows it. It's for their benefit. The head shots are out, the ground still gives you a good whack and you've seen Tagliabella uh Miami hit the back of his head last year the guys hit the ground with their head that's almost that's almost unavoidable but uh, hitting people in the head 
uh, and and not taking shots with their legs. I've often wondered how many yards would Jimmy Brown have gained, uh, even even Paul Orning in his day, if you weren't allowed to hit their legs, <laughs> if you weren't allowed to cut them down. You know, guy, big guy named Cookie Gilchrist that played for the Buffalo Bills, man. He's wonderful. If they couldn't cut his legs down, hit carry him. You know, and we see today a ball carrier is strong. They're carrying two two guys on their backs, three guys sometimes for an extra three or four yards. But the rules have changed for the better. It's better for we sports fans to watch than ever. And the guys that are playing and coaching it, uh, they know what they're doing better than history uh, do. We're talking, of course, with the great Joe Namath here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Joe, we'll get you out of here on this. You famously made the guarantee that the Jets were going to win Super Bowl three. Do you have a guarantee for the current Jets? What's their uh, What's their fate in 2023 with the season coming up with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? I can only hope. Like our Jet fans have been hoping, man, we, we've been hoping for a long time to do it. It's a game at a time. We've got to make the playoffs first, you know, but I know patience runs thin. Uh, we have cranky Jet fans from time to time, and I get a little cranky. Oh, come on. But we have hope, and the hope is higher than ever right now, a better chance with Aaron on that team and with the staff we have there right now and how the defense has improved. Now, Lady Luck comes into play with injuries. Lady Luck comes into play. Guys can get hurt. And to me, as an offensive player, the most important group right there is up front, that offensive line. You lose a couple of few offensive guys, even one maybe, it changes the complexion of what you can do. So Lady Luck's going to play a role. If she smiles on her team, and we don't have the serious injuries along the way, uh, we definitely are a contender. Joe, I speak for all Jet fans and really all football fans. Thank you so much for everything that you've given to the game. Thank you for everything you've given to the Jets organization. I wouldn't be a Jet fan today without my dad growing up watching you at Shea Stadium and being a huge Jet fan and passing it down to me. So an honor to once again catch up with you today on the show, and I can't wait to watch this upcoming season, and hopefully we get to see Joe Namath at the Super Bowl watching the Jets win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Jake, I hope so, and I wear this ring to this day only on special occasions. It's been special visiting with you, and I think of my teammates, man, those that are still with us and those that have left us, and we're all pulling for the Jets, man. Let's do it. He's Joe Namath. My name is Jake Asmid. You're listening to The Jake Asmid Show. We'll take a quick break and talk about what Joe had to say and get back to your calls as well. With you till 7 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is The Jake Asmid Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 5.30, Joe Namath joins the show. I was going to talk a little more about the Jets and Dalvin Cook here. But we got some breaking news from SNY's Andy Martino. Martino is reporting the Mets and the Rangers are in serious talks on a Max Scherzer trade. The deal is not done. There are hurdles to be crossed, according to Martino. So I thought if the Mets were going to trade anyone out of Scherzer and Verlander, it would have been Verlander. But Martino is saying that there's serious talks between the Mets and the Rangers for Scherzer. If they trade Scherzer, what does that mean for Verlander? 
Do they trade Verlander back to Houston? And if you're able to trade Scherzer, are the Mets eating some of the money to get a better prospect? Or Texas, they clearly have money. They've spent a bazillion dollars the last couple of years. DeGrom, Seager, Simeon, Avaldi. Are they taking on what's left of Scherzer's deal? Because if the Mets could get anything for Max Scherzer, I say you trade him. If they could fool a, a team like Texas into thinking that Max Scherzer is somehow going to pitch well down the stretch and in big games, and his body's not going to break down like it did in the NLCS with the Dodgers a few years ago, and what happened last year in the Braves series and what happened in the Padres series in game one where he's booed off the mound, if the Mets could get anything for Max Scherzer, I would do it. I, I don't think Max Scherzer is still the same player despite him dominating a bad Nationals team last night. No way. But this is surprising. I am shocked to see that it's Scherzer being mentioned. Especially when, if you heard the last segment, Buck Showalter was asked about the comments Max Scherzer made last night. So if you missed it, let's first go back to what Scherzer said after the game. So Max Scherzer, after he pitched last night, speaking with the media in the clubhouse, was asked about the Mets trading away their closer, David Robertson, and this was what Scherzer said. Not at this point. I mean, obviously, we put ourselves in this position. We didn't, haven't played well enough as a team. I've had a hand in that, you know, for why we're in the position that we're at. Can't get mad at anybody but yourself, but it stinks. And now there's another cut I want to play from Scherzer, where he then said he needed to go and speak to the front office. Probably got to have a conversation with the front office. I mean, you're trading our closer away. Um, yeah. yeah. We're gonna, I'm sure a bunch of people are going to have to have conversations with the front office. I mean, he says that. And then Buck Showalter before the game says, quote, Max has made it very clear why he gets up in the morning. He wants to be here. Well, obviously he doesn't want to be here if the Mets are about to trade him to Texas, potentially. Breaking news according to Andy Martino of SNY, that they're in serious talks. So the deal's not done according to Martino, but if it got to a point where one of the insiders who covers the sport is putting it out there that they're in talks and the talks are serious, doesn't it kind of feel like Max Scherzer's getting traded, Met fans. And if you're the Rangers, why do you want Max Scherzer? I'm going to congratulate the Astros on winning the American League West again right now. I, I don't trust Max Scherzer in a big game. I don't trust his body holding up. Met fans, you've seen this. Now, I'm sure the Met fan will say, well, typical Met luck will go to the Rangers. will be incredible, and he wasn't good for us. I don't see that, though. But if they could unload Scherzer's deal, I would do it in a second. There's better ways to spend $43 million next year. But this is surprising. I was not expecting the Mets and the Rangers to have serious talks on Scherzer. We heard about Verlander. And I wouldn't trade Verlander if I'm the Mets because I'm going to need Verlander for next year. And he's been good of late. And, and like, you look at the free agent starting pitching that's available next year. The Mets aren't bringing back Marcus Stroman. Who's really out there that's going to be a true difference maker? Jordan Montgomery? The Mets need pitching. But this is surprising that Max Scherzer could potentially be dealt to the Rangers here, according to Andy Martino. I'll keep checking and seeing if there's more on this as things unfold. But this is certainly uh, a big surprise potentially coming. 800-919-3776. espn is the number. we got Joe Namath coming up in the very next segment. So let's get back to your calls right now. And if Met fans, you want to weigh in on the Scherzer news, you certainly can. 
Let's go back to the phones, and let's go to Doug, who's in Florida. Doug, you're next up. You're on the Jake Asman Show. What's going on? How you doing, Jake? Good to hear you on uh, New York Broadcast. I listen to you on your YouTube uh, podcast and love them very much. And uh, so I wanted to congratulate you for that. But I am a huge Jets fan, and I cannot wait for this season to start. I've been waiting for the last <laughs> three months, and I've never experienced this uh, 2010 and 2009 were, you know, phenomenal years. My the last time I really thought they had a great opportunity though was 1999. Unfortunately, that ended very quickly with Vinny Testaverde tearing his Achilles. But uh, this is very exciting, and uh, just like uh, you, Jake, my son, who actually you know, um, has inherited being a Jets fan. He's never got to see a championship. I'm hoping this year or next could be the year. Yeah, Doug, thank you for the call and the kind words. This is the most optimistic the Jet fan has been since 2010. And you can even argue 99 when the Jets were a legit contender coming off the championship game with Parcells in 98. And obviously we know what happened with Vinny, with the Achilles. I don't need to bring that up to any longtime Jet fan. But there's reason for optimism. You know, this is not... Uh, you're trying to convince yourself Zach Wilson's going to be great or Sam Darnold's going to be great or Adam Gase, you know, he he's actually an offensive genius. And, you know, the Jets know what they're doing. You know, Jet fans are nuts for questioning that hire. There's legitimate reasons for optimism. They have a top-five defense. They have a legitimate superstar in Garrett Wilson. How good is Garrett Wilson, by the way? They have a chance. Got to stay healthy, but they have a chance. The guy coming up in seven minutes on this radio station, Joe Namath knows what it's like to win in New York. I'll ask him what advice he'd give to Aaron Rodgers about playing quarterback for the Jets. But, man, before we get back to the, the, the calls here, I just I cannot believe this Max Scherzer story. If you're just tuning in, Andy Martino minutes ago of SNY is reporting that the Mets and the Rangers are having serious talks For Max Scherzer, not Justin Verlander. Could we do a package deal? Could the Mets maybe get get unload both deals and get better prospects if they include Verlander? I mean, wild. But this strategy by the Rangers, I know no one gives a damn other than maybe Chris Carlin about the Texas Rangers. This strategy you're bringing in, Max Scherzer, is not going to work. I'm telling you, it is not going to work. It will not end well for Max Scherzer with the Rangers. Their offseason plan was, let's go get the broken-down ace from the Mets and Jacob DeGrom, and now it's, all right, well, it's the midseason. Let's go get the broken-down ace from the Mets. I, I do not see this going well for the Texas Rangers. Let's go to Matt in New Jersey. He's up next on the show this afternoon. Matt, what's going on? You're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jay. Congratulations for getting Joe Willie Namath. It's fantastic. One thing, in 1972, my dad said, hey, you got to sit down and watch some football. you got to watch this guy, Joe Namath. I was nine years old. That game, he went against Johnny United. Oh, yes. That's the that's the, 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 the most like incredible offensive shootout in Jets history. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm nine years old, never experienced football besides playing a little bit on the street with my buddies. And this guy is. Oh, no. 
Oh, no, that sound usually means the call is just done. You hate to see it. I know the exact game that he's referring to, though. Week two, the Namath United shootout. Week two, September 24th, 1972 at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Johnny Unitas had 376 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. And Joe Namath was even better. 15 of 28, six touchdowns, and 496 yards. Over 400 of them, the two players. Eddie Bell and Rich Caster. I mean, that's one of the more legendary offensive shootouts ever, but certainly in Jets history. Jets won 44-34. Just unbelievable. Joe Namath, I'll bring this up with Joe when we have him on next segment, and I've talked about this with my dad a lot. Joe Namath, if he played today with the rules that are in place to protect the quarterbacks, that favor receivers being able to make plays downfield, that obviously he would benefit immensely from, probably would routinely put up 5,000 passing yard seasons. Because Joe Namath had the most unbelievable arm if you watch back the highlights. And then you factor in something called modern medicine. Joe Namath's knees would not be as big of an issue today as they were when he was a player. Because there's been advancements in medicine and surgery. He would have the best care looking after him. So people talk about Joe Namath's numbers and say, oh, they're, they're not even that great if you look at them. you got to put it in the proper context of the time he played in. He's the, he's the first ever quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a season, and he did it in a 14-game season. And he made the guarantee, and the Jets won the Super Bowl. and upset. Greatest Jet of all time, period. And he's going to be joining us on the show next. We'll talk with Joe Namath, and then we'll find out if Max Scherzer is going to be traded to the Texas Rangers. But I'm excited about having Joe Willie on. He's going to join us in the next segment. Keep it right here. It's the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Greatest Jet of all time. Can't thank him enough for coming on. Uh, we're going to get that interview up on the ESPN New York podcast and get it posted on social media in just a little bit. We have the great Julian and Chantel working on that. So if you missed the interview with Joe Willie, where you caught the end of it, didn't hear the whole thing, we'll get that posted in just a little bit. But thanks again to Broadway Joe for coming on the show. And I think his comments about Aaron Rodgers being lauded or should be lauded for taking a pay cut are spot on. It is a great exhibition of his character. It does show he loves being a Jet, that he's all in, that he's committed for more than one year. He's not one and done. But Namath nailed that. As a Jet fan, we can only hope that we get the photo of Aaron Rodgers holding up the Lombardi Trophy next to Joe Namath this year. I guess technically next year. We can only hope. But thanks again to Joe Namath for coming on the show. And, of course, Jet fans, one week from right now, the Jets will have two new members in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko. Now, a lot more to get into here on the Max Scherzer situation. If you're just tuning in, and I cannot believe this is real, but it is real, Andy Martino of SNY, the first to report that the Rangers and Mets have agreed to a Max Scherzer trade but it's pending Max Scherzer's approval. John Heyman of the New York Post has come out and said that Scherzer has been informed of this deal and, quote, the ball is in his court. Here's my first reaction. The Met fan is going to boo Max Scherzer even more if he chooses to not accept this trade. 
Because if you're the Mets, unloading Max Scherzer is a win. Not having to pay that guy $43 million next year is a win. I don't think he's anywhere close to what he was. I don't. I don't care if he went out there last night against an awful Nationals team and pitched seven innings and allowed one earned run. I don't care. His most recent start before that against the Red Sox, he got bombed, gave up five earned runs in six innings. Against the Padres before the break, five innings, five earned runs. Against the Diamondbacks before the All-Star break, six innings, four earned runs. He had a good start against the Dodgers, give him credit. He had a very good start last night. But out of his last five starts, three of them he has allowed at least four earned runs. I don't think he's good. He was awful at the end of last season against the Braves, awful in the playoff game. He broke down his last year with the Dodgers after the Nationals traded him there. He had dead arm and couldn't pitch in the NLCS. I think if it's between keep Verlander or keep Scherzer, if the Mets could actually trade Scherzer, you do it. So I think it's actually a good job by the Mets if they could pull this off. Now the question is, is Max Scherzer going to approve this deal? I don't know if he's going to approve it. I'm seeing the tweets from people around the Mets. Well, you know, Max Scherzer really does love New York. All right, he could visit in the offseason. But this whole thing is so ridiculous. Because earlier today, Buck Showalter had to come out and defend Max Scherzer because after the game last night, they asked Scherzer about the David Robertson trade, and Scherzer says he needs to go and speak to the front office about it, as if he's unclear why the Mets would be sellers. So he's that upset? If he says what he said last night, and now the Mets found a trade partner for him, for him to go to a first-place team, and he says no, the next bad start he has, he is going to experience the wrath of the diehard Met fan. I'm just telling you, that's how it's going to go. I, if I was a Met fan, I would probably boo Scherzer more if he chooses to not accept this deal. As far as what the return would be for the Mets, we don't have that. One player it could be is a prospect named Sebastian Walcott. He's the Rangers' top international signing from this past winter. He's the number 98 prospect in the minors, according to MLB Pipeline. He got pulled from a game in the Arizona Complex League this afternoon. Rangers, according to reports, consider him their number two or number three player prospect. And they're saying it's not injury-related. So he might be the, you know, the, the, the main piece of the Max Scherzer deal. But he's got a no-trade, so it, the ball is literally in Max Scherzer's court now. What does he want to do? If I'm Max Scherzer, I would go to Texas. I would go there, and I would help the Rangers make the playoffs and get out of New York and get a fresh start. That's what I would do. But does he want to move his family? I don't know. Because the question for Scherzer is, obviously, if he agrees to go to Texas, he's there next year, too, because he's going to pick up his $43 million player option. But I, I got to be honest. I did not see this coming. I thought if the Mets were going to trade one of their high-priced aces, it would have been Verlander who's actually pitched like an ace of late, unlike Scherzer, who hasn't. But this is unbelievable. Met fans, I want to hear from you. Do you want to trade Max Scherzer? And if they do trade Scherzer, do you want Verlander gone or do you want to keep Verlander? I want to hear from the Met fans coming up because we got a lot to talk about. Plus, more of your jet calls as well. A lot to talk about. Wow, breaking news. Max Scherzer, the ball is in his court as the Mets and Rangers have agreed to a trade and Scherzer can decide whether or not 
he wants to waive his no-trade clause. The number is 800-919-ESPN. It's Jake Asman with you for one more hour here on 98.7 ESPN New York.